right. Here we go. Uh, sorry, last paragraph. Assuming we are spiritually fit, we can do all sorts of things alcoholics are not supposed to do. People have said we must not go where liquor is served. We must not have it in our homes. We must shun friends who drink. We must avoid moving pictures which show drinking scenes. We must not go into bars. Our friends must hide their bottles if we go to their houses. We mustn't think or be reminded about alcohol at all. Our experience shows that this is not necessarily so. We meet these conditions every day. An alcoholic who cannot meet them still has an alcoholic mind. There's something wrong, something the matter with his spiritual status. His only chance for sobriety would be some some place like the Greenland ice cap, and even there, an Eskimo might turn up with a bottle of scotch and ruin everything. Ask any woman who has sent her husband to distant places on the theory he would escape the alcohol problem. In our belief, any scheme of combating alcoholism which proposes to shield the sick men from temptation is doomed to failure. If the alcoholic tries to shield himself, he may succeed for a time but he usually winds up in a bigger explosion than ever. We have tried these methods. These attempts to do the impossible have always failed. That's the reading. Great. <clears throat> Thanks, Kurt. Yeah, you're Hello, everybody. Uh, Paul, alcoholic, Thursday morning. Uh, that's funny because <clears throat> In the reading, when we got to that sentence, the top of 101, we must shun friends and then who drink, but something was on the D. So I, it was, we must shun th friends who think. <laughs> That's pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> and then this idea of uh, ask any woman who has sent her husband to distant places on the theory he would escape the alcohol problem. No, on the theory, she escaped the problem, him. <laughs> him getting over the alcoholic problem was secondary. Just get the fucker out of here for a while. <laughs> so they, this, I, I would say their belief came from observation that this stuff doesn't work. So it's like the statement we use with the you know, practice these principles in all your affairs, and if you can't limit your affairs, but that's temporarily, yes? So some people need to go into a 28-day program. They need to be taken away out of their daily activities, maybe probably longer, but 28 days with the hopes that something can kickstart, yeah? And then they can sort of yeah, maybe stay away from situations and things that put them in jeopardy. But then again, their attitude and outlook will change through the process of recovery. Yes. And then they can walk, you know, be like a free range alcoholic. Yes. In a way, that's my feeling. I feel recovery progresses. I don't think we've, you know, because uh, it's difficult, but it's hard to really define the progression of recovery. It's sort of more of an individual experience, but it would somewhat be nice if it could be, 
because people have this belief that, you know, alcoholism progresses, but so does recovery. Yeah, it does. So it takes, there's a huge difference between when you're sincerely taking the position of reliance on something greater than yourself, and then when you're established in that position, yeah? Usually different effects. They both produce an effect, but the, the effects are different, yeah? And they're almost this, the being established produces more, uh, more uh, the, the effects have progressed, yeah? They're, more, they're larger, they, they, they encapsulate more, yes? And they have more of a stability, not as, oh, I felt great for a few hours, but yeah. So I feel uh, this process, even though your job is just to stay on the operating table, don't get up and don't play doctor, the table gets moved a lot. <laughs> you just stay doing, you know, following the principles and everything, but the table, you know, the operating table moves. <laughs> <laughs> you're put in a room with windows and light and shit like that. So yeah, it's pretty good. I feel. Yeah. Yeah. And then it's open air surgery. <laughs> so, uh, and then after a while, the habits correct themselves. Yes. The habits of being sober keep you on the straight and narrow, not like an enforced march, you know, but as a way of traveling. And so the corrects, you know, the, the mistakes don't usually build up that much momentum to produce a huge crescendo. They get averted quickly. You make an amend, you say the serenity prayer. Yeah. You see your role in things and you move on. Yeah. 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 It's not like, Armageddon day every day. <laughs> yeah. And you know, the thing that tells you you're feeling great and in a middle a minute later, you're completely screwed. Obviously you should be suspicious of those forecasts. Yes. Cause something's, something's forecasting false evidence. Yeah. A lot. So yeah, this is a nice reading because obviously this belief came from observation. They realized, you know, remember that guy, Howard Hughes, he decided he was going to try to, and he had the cash to do it, that, you know, he wore Kleenex boxes as shoes and have hermetically sealed conditions so nothing could enter without, you know what I mean? And then he just lost his mind. <laughs> so... There's always going to be unintended consequences. So when if you really, really are like ready to blow up and you're being held under huge pressure, if there's any release of that pressure, there's going to be an explosion. Yeah. So that usually happens on the 29th day of a 28 day program. <laughs> you, you leave and then you get loaded again. <laughs> so you're all right in that. It, controlled environment, but many of us don't want to live in a controlled environment. I remember when I was in this program called Delancey Street, they uh, they were a trip. I had no idea about them. It wasn't like I was 
you know, going over vacation brochures and then picking a destination. Life brought me to another dead end and it was Delancey Street. So, so I went there, but while being there, you know, they had brochures and they had like 99% success rate. But you had to read the fine print. You could never leave Delancey Street. <laughs> You'd have to live in that controlled environment to, if you were going to stay sober. Yeah. I think that's one condition too many, really. So this is about free-range alcoholics, yes? Yeah, hopefully. So, uh, yeah, so this was an observation. Hey, this shit doesn't work. So they pass it on to us so we don't have to come to their same conclusion through our observations. We can take their observations to be true. Yeah, it's the easier, softer way, yeah? Sort of like, hey, bro, don't... Uh, don't go out with your friend's wife or something, all right? Oh, well, I'm going to do that anyway, okay? But now, hey, bro, don't go out with your friend's wife. Okay, that's that seems freaking smart, <laughs> yeah? And then there's some power behind that decision. You can sort of keep going this that way, yeah? And uh, so you don't have to learn the hard way anymore. You can read the book, <laughs> And learn. They just told you, hey, if this is on one of your agendas, your plan, it's probably not going to work. Okay. Maybe you didn't get that, but your sponsor could point it out to you and say, hey, you know, do you fall under this category? Well, I don't think so. Obviously. Well, I'm going to suggest you do fall under that category. So why don't you read page 100 and just get back to me? Yeah. And then if you've been, you know, restored to your senses, you, you have some common sense. Yeah, shit. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, I couldn't learn from anyone when I was out there. Then I started learning from myself and I learned from others. You know, I listened to people in AA and a lot of times what they're saying is tell me where I don't want to go or I don't want to be. They're like warnings, yeah? So I'm listening to them. I don't think uh, their condition I'm excluded from. I mean, if I follow the thoughts they're following, I may feel the same way. So I learn a lot about what I don't want by what people are saying, yeah? I don't want to be struggling with anxiety 34 years into the process. You know, I mean, how much anxiety would it take 34 years to outgrow? I mean, <laughs> must, that would be like, a, you know, and anxiety seems to show up now. It's not like an accumulated fucking weight system. Yeah. I'm feeling anxiety now. I don't think that's difficult to outgrow. I mean, that's the trajectory of the program, right? They use outgrow quite a lot. We're going to outgrow fear. We'll outgrow this. We're going to outgrow these old ideas. I don't think it says that, but that's what happens, yeah? It's like the skin that you've been living in that was suffocating you and producing an itch, like an irritability, restlessness, and discontent. And because you thought it was your skin, there was no way really to get out of it. You would just try to get distracted or 
yeah, or, you know, forget or shit like that, which is what a lot of the drug taking in my life was. I knew at the end I wasn't going to escape. I just wanted to distract me, my head from what was happening. Yeah. What happens here is we get a new skin, you know, we outgrow the old skin. It starts dropping away and we don't put it back on. Yeah. <laughs> we don't keep pulling up the old skin when it's falling down to our ankles. We step out of it. We outgrow it. And then we start showing a new skin. Yeah. I don't think it's like a 50-year process to outgrow, you know, a suit. Did it take me 50 years to outgrow a pair of pants? No. I had little toddler pants, and then a couple years later, I outgrown them. It looks insane to try to put myself in those pants again. Yeah, you know what I mean? The pants didn't grow with me. I outgrew the pants, yeah? This problem doesn't have to grow with us. It doesn't. It's already gotten to its limit, yeah? It's reached its potential of us being fucked. We've survived. We we outlived the the, the, the biggest storm of the... Yes, we have. Yeah. Now it's all downhill for alcoholism. Hopefully. Yeah. All the things you think you're afraid of, you've already been through. <laughs> I'm afraid to be uncomfortable. I was incredibly uncomfortable. Ten days awake on cocaine is not a very nice feeling. You're just totally jacked up. Yeah. I've been, oh, I'm so worried. I. What do you mean? I've already made it through that. <laughs> that, you know, the Hunger Games, I've already made it to the point. I'm at the dinner table now. I've survived the Hunger Games. <laughs> Why, my old attitude, fighting off everyone, does is not necessary anymore. Yeah. I've been brought to a position of neutrality. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's the hardest thing sometimes is to recognize sobriety, really. You know, a lot of people are thinking in their head they're not sober, but they are. They haven't drank, yes, but I'm not sober. Yes, you are sober, <laughs> first of all. Yeah. Yeah. So, yep. The head is so, you know, it's not a warning. The, the, the idea that fear is an effect of self-reliance, it's not a warning for a future condition. It's describing a past and maybe a present condition of self-reliance right now. It's not, oh, I'm, a, I'm worried about being self-reliant. <laughs> That's self-reliance. <laughs> you know? We don't see the, you know, the present tense uh, model of the addiction. Yeah. Yeah. Ooh. And the head isn't, it's always going to be hazy. It's always going to cloud shit up. It is. Because underlying it, it has an agenda. It's not an objective reporter of life. Yeah, it's a translator. It's sort of like, you know, 
if you didn't know the Russian language and you're listening to it and you're relying on the translator, so the Russian person said, I'm going to kill you. And the translator said, oh, they just wished you a new, a happy day. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> you're just like, wait a minute. His face looks like he wants to kill me, but you're telling me, he said, oh, have a nice, happy day. Something's being lost in the translation. Yeah. I don't speak mental ease. I don't. I, it needs to be, it needs to be translated to me. And so there's a lot lost in the translation. It's sort of like I wake up at 9.15. Uh, there's not water in the espresso machine. This is the end of all days. <laughs> Wait a minute. <laughs> did, did the water not being in the that triggered, this is the end of all days? Something got lost or added in translation, Yes. Do you want to keep listening to that, that channel? Yeah. All right. This is what I'm going to tell you. Uh, you're going to get fucked and be in jail by 12. How did it got translated? Oh, we're going to have an incredible fucking great time. It's going to be so cool getting high with my old pals. Translation. You're going to be fucked and in jail by 1130. <laughs> <laughs> Wait a minute. That's not, I didn't hear it that way. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so we need the right interpreter. Yes. These are important meetings we have all day. We need the right interpreter, the higher power of the Holy Spirit, if we want to call it. You want it to be heard and translated by that. Not by the head, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, this is a beautiful reading in a way, because they've just took out a big situation that would look like a, 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 a solution to many people, all right? Let's just freaking, you know, nothing can't cut. Every time the commercials on TV come off, blank the screen. We can't see Smirnoff or... Budweiser, whatever. Yes. I mean, Jesus Christ. Yeah, so this isn't about being, this isn't about managing or controlling. Yeah. It's a be, it's being about being managed by something else and controlled by something else that leads us not having to be managed and controlled. Yes. Concerning alcohol and drugs and all this shit. Yeah. So. I'm going to try to shun all these people who are thinking today. I'm going to really give it a shot. I'm worried about going to the city. There's going to be a lot of thinking people there. <laughs> Fuck. I know the thinking's going to lead to drinking, and then the day's going to be stinking. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. Thanks, Kurt. Thank you. Yeah, yeah, you're welcome. Anybody, raise your hand if you guys want to participate or got any questions. Or, uh, the bottom of there to the second. That was great. That was great. Yeah, we, Brittany, we were talking about this the other night in another meeting about this. This any, 
I love what Brittany said. She said, you know, any scheme of combating alcoholism which proposes to shield the sick men from temptation is doomed to failure. She goes, I missed that one. <laughs> In any scheme, you know, like. Well, that's why the, the programs are going to have to be nine years. <laughs> it's going to be, it's not going to be 28 days, uh, nine years. <laughs> <laughs> 12 years <laughs> we're gonna sign a contract you'll be here until you pass away <laughs> you will not drink but you'll be a motherfucker for sure <laughs> uh. <laughs> The joy is about not not starting, eh? Yeah, yeah. You're in a continual state of not starting. <laughs> That's where no. you are. <laughs> I'm continually not starting. <laughs> so I have I don't need any schemes of how to stop or stay stop. I don't. Yeah. I've been in, I've been put in a position of not starting. <laughs> Very simple, really. Mm -hmm. So is that a new mind or no mind? Because it says it says here the alcoholic mind is the one that's making somebody still want to go after the the fix, right? Yeah. So is it like a mind transplant or is it a mind lumbotomy? No, it's just it's, it's like uh, let's say you have a big backyard, but only one little corner is emphasized. Yeah. So in the mind, it's a many splendid activity, but uh, one only one aspect of mind, which is this mental preoccupation with self, yeah, is being emphasized. And then the narration is targeting that and reinforcing that. So we're not open to the intuitive thought or the energetic hunch and shit like that. And this is what starts happening. You start accessing or being introduced to other aspects of mind that aren't in that addictive activity of obsession with self. Yeah, yeah. So you get to you get instead of just getting the one flavor packaged in a lot of different like cups, you get now you have a different flavors, and I feel. Once you have a sense of contentment and satisfaction, a lot of what drives the obsession of self will get limited. Seriously. Yeah. yeah. So you'll just be really living from, a let's say, an unsuspected inner resource, which I would say would be an aspect of mind that hasn't been uh, uh, even imagined to be available. We think everything has to come through self. Yeah, I, yeah, which isn't the case. Yeah, so I would say this, it's not a new mind, it's an aspect of mind that seems new. Yeah. I think when you were a kid, you were seemingly uh, accessing it a lot more, yes? And then, uh, yeah. It's an aspect of mind that you can enjoy peace. Yeah. Sort of nice because it's not 
held ransom by time as much. Yeah. So there's parts of mind that don't give a shit about time. <laughs> it's just, it seems it's a construct most necessarily and very emphasized in the selfing. Yeah. Because you have to think of yourself or remember yourself as a self and worry into the future about being a self to have the sense of self now. It has to be produced, yeah? The sense of self is produced. You can tell it. The baby didn't have a sense of self until about 12 or 18 months, supposedly. So the sense of self grew while the, when the brain develops, yeah? And then as people now are living longer, their brain is eroding and they're losing a sense of self. They're going into dementia and stuff like that. Yes? So the idea of self can come and go while you seem to remain. Yeah? So, yeah. But see, if it goes... I think timing is, in a weird way, is important, yeah? You'd like it to go when you're sort of have your senses <laughs> and, you know, at 80. But, hey, I had a friend of ours passed away, and at the end, he was just enjoying dreaming. I, would, I walked in, and he was bedridden, and he was telling me he beat his son in tennis, and I was going, table tennis? You know, I was wondering... And then I realized he was just off. He said, I'm, I'm going to meet you at the airport tomorrow. We're going to go. And yeah, but he was not going anywhere. But it was producing smiles on his face. So I saw it was great. Mm. Yeah, mm. <laughs> I did. I mean, so wouldn't that be nice to have a little now? Really? <laughs> <laughs> I, I really don't want, uh, I don't mind the interpretation of self being introduced to the dinner table, but I want other plates. <laughs> I, I just stop eating that. I do. It makes me ravenous and then I fucking act out and do a lot of shit. Yeah, I just, you know, you can, oh, here's like a plate of hors d'oeuvres. No. <laughs> I know the meal's coming. I don't need the hors d'oeuvres. Yes. I don't want to live on hors d'oeuvres. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. We, got a, we got another hand up, Paul. Chris. <laughs> yes. Hey, everyone. Hey, Paul. Thanks, thanks for doing this again. Oh, yeah. Well, if it was me doing it, we wouldn't do it. <laughs> thanks, for, thanks for letting it happen then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I really, something you said about, about kind of not avoiding or hiding from the situations that seem to cause us problems, how, how you know, that, that's not really a solution <laughs> that can work. That really resonated with me. But what I don't understand, and you talk about it a lot, and maybe because I have like zero religious background, I I would I would love to turn over control to a higher power at this point. <laughs> I don't know what that means. 
Well, it can mean anything. See, this is the point. You know what it means in a way you don't like, which is the religious way, but that's not, uh, that which is nothing and everything can appear anyway. It doesn't matter, yeah? You just want to access that possibility. Your, maybe the head's stubborn belief that it's not that is not allowing it to access the possibility because it's limited the possibility. It's not that, God, yes? So you give up your old ideas or at least see them as not yours. And then are you being moved or not? Of course you are, yeah? Do you, are you the producer of the thoughts? Do you... Do you make the thought? I don't think so. No. And what's pumping in the heart? Not me. Is it you? No. Not me. No. So you're an afterthought to this event. Okay. Yes. What's what's <clears throat> you know this you, when you're on the sailboat and it's moving, you can say the sailboat's moving. But it's not being moved by the sailboat. It's the wind. Yeah. So here is Chris, the sailboat. Here is Paul, the sailboat. Yeah. Now, Chris has heard about other sailboats saying it was a wind called God that moved it. But you're still being moved. Just give up the old idea. Yeah, and just and let the let the being moved tell you what it is and what it ain't. Yeah, instead of you telling it what it is and what it ain't. Yeah. I had a process in recovery. They said, you know, you you can have a higher power of your own understanding. Now, my understanding is that was meant to be in the beginning, and obviously, it's going to change because you're going to sense a power. You're going to meet a power. You're going to be under its influence. So you're going to come to another recognition of it. Yeah. I mean, it's sort of like you, you know, you have a, you're having a love letter exchange with someone you never met. It's quite different when you meet the person. Yeah. You meet, you have contact. So here we've had contact with a power greater than us, maybe by I'm sober for eight weeks and I couldn't pull that off for 28 years so something is doing it for me that i couldn't do for myself so now i'm recognizing the movement or the power yes now it says all right this was my uh process i ended up as turning my will and life over the care of a higher power of its own understanding yeah I outgrew my idea of an understanding because I saw it was quite limited. So I, I was opened up to a revelatory effect by being moved by a power. And I, I come to realize something by its moving in my life. Yes. Not by a conceptual idea of the mover, but by the feeling of the moving. Yeah. It's different. Very different. And, uh, yeah. So I have a power of its own understanding. <laughs> and then it tells me of a lot of stuff or it doesn't tell me anything. Yeah. But I feel it. Yeah. I feel it as a new power flowing in. I feel it as a conscious presence. 
I feel it as a vague non-locality that's always here at all times, no, with no requirement necessary to meet it. I feel it in a lot of ways, yeah. But I don't, I don't have, I don't give it a name. I use the the term higher power because it comes out of the big book. Yeah, it's all. I really, I, I really understand what you're saying about feeling it as opposed to having a conception of it. But am I feeling it, but just don't recognize it, or is it possible that I'm just yes, not feeling it? Yes, I would probably it? say that. Of course, you're feeling it. Everyone is. It's called the presence. <laughs> we call it the basis of Paul. The the uh, no no turn off switch of a generating hum, a generator humming in us all day. <laughs> the animated brilliance of nothing. Yeah, yeah, we're all feeling it, but we're giving it different names. Some of us say it's Paul. <laughs> so, so, some of it we say it's the body but I would say it's the I am yes the I am that I am the presence that is present yeah <laughs> yeah that's I would that's my take on it yeah that's why they say it in the big book an unsuspected inner resource it doesn't mean it, uh, uh, not not yet available or hasn't been a, hasn't been made yet. No, the inner resource is always there. It's unsuspected to the mental state because the mental state is playing the role of the higher power. <laughs> That's why you need you and I need a new employer. <laughs> the old employer is insane. <laughs> <laughs> it's just that's okay so, yeah i really i really appreciate you you talking to me paul well yeah it's it's a mental stubbornness that's trying to fend off a lot of evidence <laughs> seriously it's trying to make a wind machine and make its own sails <laughs> instead of a full thing of cloth, it's going to be holes. <laughs> it's, it's just not working. <laughs> it's a simple, it's a simple thing in recovery. Did any human power get you sober? Or did you come to the realization as presented in a pic in the book that no human power could get you sober? I, I'm in the latter camp. I came to the realization no human power could get me sober because no human power got me sober. <laughs> and I had the luxury to entertain that because something got me sober. <laughs> that was not a human power. <laughs> mm -hmm. So there you go. I mean, that's the, that's the, the book of creation in my recovery you know, epoch. <laughs> That's Genesis. Something was sorely needed to be done. Nothing could do it. And then it was done. Yeah. 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 So. Uh... <laughs> I think, I think what you said is this mental stubbornness is 
I, I, I do actually feel that, but it, ha it has, feels like letting go of that, there's, that there's yeah. nothing, there'd be nothing left. Well, there you go. That's its safeguard, yes? Once you're, when you're leaving its domain, there's all these forbidden signs. <laughs> <laughs> then you're, you're on a flat earth. You're going to fall off. <laughs> Oblivion awaits. It's just, just walk right through the fucking sign. <laughs> Reclaim what's inherently yours, that space. Yes, Jesus Christ. <laughs> okay. Serious. Right, you know, Chris, really. Nothing to do with you. I've heard the same thing said thousands of times. Never coming from Chris or Kristen or Paul, but coming from the system that's failed. Yes? Yeah. <laughs> it's trying to ensure its own existence by limiting your affairs completely. <laughs> 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 seriously <laughs> I don't know why I'm laughing because don't worry, you can't go over there you can't go over here no 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 just stay right in this little room you're like a marathon runner in a closet yeah <laughs> that's very exhausting the head, well, the head if it has any mercy changes the scenery but you get the idea what the fuck I've, I've, <laughs> this, I've gone this lap already. Yes, you just... I, I you feel know, I'm being... Same old, same old. I feel I'm being Zen bitch slapped. <laughs> and then, then it has incredible warnings. What's beyond the door? The closet door. It's hell and brimstone. <laughs> stay, <laughs> stay in the sanctuary. Sanctuary I just lovingly give you. Be small and fucking myopic. Yes. It's better than being what? What? Don't say it. what? Large and expensive. <laughs> I'll disappear. Hallelujah. <laughs> Fantastic. <laughs> I'll outgrow this. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, my God. Do you see this? Everyone has it built in. It does it some other way. It's sort of like, well, if I let go, uh, I have. I don't have any insurance. It's going to work out. Well, you got a fucking insurance. It ain't working out now. <laughs> you can be assured of that. <laughs> and then we have a community that people they'll put out their hand and walk you walk you through the signs. Yes, they will. Some will even go out, they'll stay outside and they'll call you. And it's, come on. Yeah. We've all done the same thing. So here you go. That is the fail-safe mechanism of the failed system. It tells you, you're going to die or whatever. You're going to explode into whatever. But it gives a sense of it being incredibly bad. <laughs> You'll be free from bondage. Oh, terribly bad. You know, it's very weird. Yeah. This is the faith in the failed system. It is a yeah. failed system. <laughs> For sure it is. It's totally failed it me. It's freaking, if it was a store, it would have been fucking shut down. 
It never yeah. delivers the goods. And what, what it delivers is past the expiration date and shit like that. Same old, same old. Yeah. Well, I the don't know how you get my mind. <laughs> the funny thing is, it tells you to be afraid, yet you're completely drenched in anxiety now. Yeah. You're dying by the, the system of a thousand cuts. It's telling you yeah. something will blow a big hole in you, but it's cut, it's kill you're dying by a thousand cuts in a way. Yeah. Yeah. This yeah. anxiety, this entertaining anxiety is like a it's like a an extortion racket or a ransom you pay every day to keep the big bag thing that you're super afraid of from happening. You tithe fucking meaningless anxiety all day. You know what I mean? No one gives a shit if your hem is a little shorter than your where your shoes start. They really don't. People are not watching <laughs> you as seriously as you think they are. They don't give a shit because they're busy thinking about their hem and their shoes. Yeah? It's true. I mean, they're all watching. No, they're not. They're all watching seeing themselves it's just projectionville all fucking day yeah yeah For sure i hate that guy chris no i hate paul but i'm gonna project it on chris <laughs> i hate chris <laughs> so i'm gonna get rid of chris but i'm never gonna get rid of paul yeah that works <laughs> i get to be alone and right <laughs> I told you, I hate all those people. <laughs> it's a mental state that's above its pay scale, pay scale. Yes. Yeah. It just won't admit it's it, it's unmanageable quality. It just it has a difficult time coming to the realization I'm not managerial quality. Yeah. I don't even believe it can reach there. It has to be brought there. I do. I do not believe it reaches there. I don't. I do not believe the mental system gets self, can't get out of self. I do not believe it. Hmm. I do not. It has to come from some other system for it to get it. It just does not get it. It will just change horses. It will. And run hmm. into the same wall. Yeah. And then when it doesn't work, it'll just get a different vehicle. So first it was Buddhism. Now it will be radical tantric or something like that run in same thing fail 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 yeah never getting it it just doesn't get it so don't rely on it it's unreliable yeah and it's always going to be this way i don't know if it is or not but i wouldn't bet that it's going to change no so you <laughs> might as well fucking it's sort of maybe the dead horse will resuscitate itself but I'm going to be long gone by then. <laughs> to me, it's a dead horse. I'm getting up and I'm walking away. But who knows? It could have. I don't give a shit. <laughs> it was dead when I left. When I left. <laughs> I'm the new. I'm the new restyled horse. No, it's just like that shitty Budweiser when I was growing up. Budweiser isn't even a beer. It sucks. And all they do is change cans. 
they change the can or the way it's delivered, but it's the same shit. It's the same. This is like the head. Let me dress up the pig, put some lipstick on it, and you'll fucking buy it. <laughs> or let's me let's paint some legs on the snake, and you'll take it to be a fucking. You know, it's insane. <laughs> Here you go. Here's what you ordered. That doesn't look like what I ordered. Oh, yeah, this is it. This is the new model. It looks like the old model. No, no. It says right here, new model. It works exactly the same. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you, you it can't be a pig. They don't have lipstick. <laughs> so so it, put lipstick on the pig. <laughs> you sure seem to know a lot about me. <laughs> It knows a lot about it. And it, no, and it is the un, un, unknowing act of being identified as it. So we say it ha it knows a lot about me. It doesn't know shit about us. I said it you know a lot, a lot about, about me. Self. I said you it know a no lot about me. It doesn't about us. It doesn't. <laughs> no. Paul, I said you know a lot about me. Oh, oh. You seem, you seem to be describing me, my innermost experience. Well, yeah, because it's not an innermost thing. It's it's just it's just programming. Yeah, yeah. It's, um, it's, it's like uh, rings of a noose. Yeah. So there's rings where you don't think you're in a noose, and then you go back, and then and then you come to the point. Hey, my neck's in a noose, <laughs> <laughs> and the faith in the system has you believing you're not in a noose. But you're afraid you may be in one later. So I've got to rely on the thing that tells me I will not bring you to the point of being in a noose while you're in a fucking noose. <laughs> so I'm going to rely on this thing because it sure thinks, it sure says it knows a lot about nooses to keep me out of a noose while being the noose itself. You don't need much more information. Just it's a failed system. That's yeah. it. The failed system. The brain interprets to the body of which it is a part. <laughs> what do you? You can't come up with problems. Why isn't the brain recognizing my spirit? It doesn't. The brain interprets to the body of which it is a part. The brain believes we're a body. It sees us as a body. Are you going to waste any more time trying to convince it? Otherwise, it's not going to stick. It's going to revert back to the programming. So you see that which you're not from that which you are. Yeah. So you see the mental activities from spirit. If you want, let's call it spirit. Yeah. Just another point or another aspect of mind will tell you about the other aspect of mind. You can't keep listening to the same aspect. Yeah. It doesn't deliver any new goods. It's the same old fucking same old. It's failed. Yeah. So what do you need to know? It's a failed system. All right. Yeah. Yeah. I I, I want to give I want to give other people a chance to talk with you, and I just want to say again, thank you. Yeah. So, yeah. Thank Thanks. you. Thank you. Thank you. We're all here. We're all here. So we're sharing. Yeah. With the points is. If I could share, if something could come through me that would allow you to travel lighter where you are, 
without changing anything about the color of the walls or shit like that, I'm all for it, man. It already, come, it already I'll, has. I'll come here every every morning at ten thirty. It it already has, Paul. I, I do want you to know that. Yeah. It, it I already do feel lighter. Yeah. Well, there you go. So, <laughs> yeah. It's I mean, so... when the new employer uses you, you're put to good use. It's just <laughs> the way it goes. The old employer puts it you to its own use, which is to reinforce the old employer. Yeah. The new it's employer, in... I really believe. Uh, has a much larger vision for all of us that we can't mimic because we're still wearing the small visions, the small glasses. We've got to come to, through observation and realization, yeah, that we've actually been introduced to a new pair of glasses, yeah, which are going to lead us to recognizing the eyes, the real eyes that we can see this world from, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. thank you. Thank Thanks. you, Paul. Um, we got PK. He's got his hand up, Paul. Oh, PK, I need to talk with you too. All right. PK, well, can you hey, uh, send me some information on you? My my nephew's in a program in Queens. I want to give you his. I want to give him your number. Okay, that'd be great, man. Yeah, he's in. Uh, I think he's in Phoenix House or something. Wow, I think I live right around the block from there. Well, I think he's in there. <laughs> so, yeah, I'll talk with him today. I'll give him your information, all right? So okay. please, send it to me. Okay. All right. Now, I just wanted to thank you for holding the space. And you know what's funny? Last night, I had a gig uh, with a band I play in. And I was down at Bowery. Bowery between 2nd and 3rd, a place called Bowery Electric. Yeah. And you know what's insane about it, man? You know how it is. The years pass, but there's still a cast of characters on the Bowery where people are just, you know, hit their rock bottom. And like you said, there's a community of recovery, but there's also a community of drinking and drugging. And I saw it, it was so evident to me, you know, the uh, self can't get out of self like the desperation when you see these people and I look at them and I see myself when I was in, in the throes of my addictions, you know, where, where it's like single pointed and really focused in awareness, but the focus and awareness is on getting the drink or drug. And then you see that even though self can't get out of self, it's almost the illusion when you're, when they get high, when you get your fix, when we get our fix, even though self can't get out of self, there's like a false artificial self got out of self. But then it, like you were just saying before, what are you going to do? You have to keep doing that every day and it never works. You know? no. If you get sober, you do that once. And then for a, for a lifetime, it's like you said, lifetime guarantee or membership to Zen Bitch Lab, you know? Well, the thing is the, that addiction the mental addiction to self forms other addictions. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So basically the impossibility of real relief is so uh, assured in the head that you'll do anything for temporary relief. Yeah. Like and to me, worry, I would really be any consequence tomorrow not to feel uncomfortable now. 
So I would do almost anything to do a shot of Coke and take whatever effects that it would bring about just for that four or five minutes of having the whole body rush out. Yeah. Yeah. And the camaraderie and, and the, the power of the community of drugs and alcohol, like down in, in, on the Bowery, man, it's crazy. Like I almost, I didn't feel like I was getting sucked into it, but I, I saw myself. It wasn't like I was afraid, but I realized, holy shit, that that's, you know, when you're in, when you're in that deep, the only thing you can probably do is tread water or you got to allow yourself to, to sink or float. Right. I mean, at that point, I, I kind of believe what you said before. At one point, you know, drugs and alcohol, that became our higher, that was our higher power. Well, of course, definitely. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Well, actually, it was the mental state is. Right. And then the mental state to feed itself, the drugs and alcohol allowed it to sort of grow in its little Petri dish. Yes. Yeah. Yes. It's sort of like it's fuel. So. Yeah, then it can get, you know, it's just sort of like if you have a streak of jealousy and then you get loaded, you're up on stalking charges a few months later. So it basically amplifies a lot of stuff that doesn't ensure uh, a life well lived. <laughs> yeah. Good, man. All right. Well, thank you for holding the space. Send me, the info. Send me your info, bro, please. And I'm going to give it, and his name is Frank. Okay, I think I have your I have your phone number, or I can get it to my I can I yes. can uh, call you or email you. I'll I'll reach out to Mike if I can't get a hold of you. Yeah, please do, and uh, and then yeah, his name is Frank Dunlap. So yeah, Frank Dunlap, awesome. All right, Paul. Well, thank you. You know, it's great. Even though you know there is a community of drugs and alcohol, it's it's amazing that there is a community of recovery. And my schedule has changed, so I haven't really been able to. To make these meetings but it's awesome that you're doing it and and that there's a whole community of us you me and a lot of others and and it, hallelujah man i just i'm so glad uh you know to have uh connected with you and and for what you do and i try to you know just do the same you know try to just spread the good the goodness you know man it's it's yeah it's, well, sure you're doing a good job pk you know, you the best you, I can, you know you're always there so yeah yeah man you know trying to hold it down new york city style yeah all right well thank you again Thanks, Frank, all, right. Man. all right anybody else we got any other hands well let's end with that then eh? okay go ahead paul it's almost 11 yeah. 30. <laughs> <laughs> let's see where is it where is it so i can say the end Wait a minute. Yeah. Well, well. All right. So, Kurt, thank you. Yeah, you're welcome, bud. Thanks for running the show and everything. Alex, always a pleasure. There she is, Hudson Valley. I had too small of a meeting with her when I was there. Tommy, always a pleasure, Tommy. Bobby Joe. Nice to see you. Nice to meet you. Thanks for everyone's support. It keeps the ball going. Kristen, yes, nice to see you. Joseph, as always, France. Mickey, Anu. We got Walter. Walter, yes. Walter is uh, is open to be 
hired to to play the before picture of everyone's life, before and after. <laughs> I got him to move. Uh, <laughs> nice to see you, Walter. I love you. You're a brother from another mother. Yeah. We have Kate. There she is. Nice to see you, Kate. Roman, as always. Yep. Say hello to Barbara, Roman. Yeah. Oh, well, let's see. We got Nina. Not Can Nina. I Nina. Nice Can I see say you. something for yeah. a second? First, I want to say thank you to Chris. Chris, I am you. I was there, except worse. I was like, I would do this like every week for like a long time. And yeah, and it helped me so much. So thank you. And um, I love what you said about um, getting older and losing self. Cause I had that experience with my mom who was the villain in my life. And when she turned 80 and got sick, she turned into the Bodhisattva. And I uh, got such a gift and um, she used to leave me voice messages and I taped them. So I have recordings and she said the most beautiful things to me. And it was like, it really, it helped me so much. It was, it was a powerful step too for me because I was like, how did that happen? How did this person become this other person? And it was so much evidence for me that somebody could be this other person. But um, I, I felt like, I, anyway, it was just unbelievable to say thank you for bringing that up. Yeah, yeah. We had it yesterday from a guy, you know, we had our little thesis about blackouts where, you know, the, the dominant sense of self, Paul, gets the brain guts to a point where that shuts down and then there's a clone Paul that appears and then represents Paul for 12 to 13 hours. And then somehow the other self gets built up again. And then for it to keep the story that it's you and it's been an unbroken continuum, it has to forget that there was another Paul running the show for 14 hours. <laughs> <laughs> so it obviously shows if there can be more than one self, there's no self. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So there's a very good movie, Moon, that represents it very well, where the guy, he's on a, at this time in history, they found these, this mineral on the plant on moon on the moon that fuels all the technology of the earth yeah so they have these huge farms on the moon harvesting this mineral and one person runs the whole thing the whole farm and there's big machinery and this one person has been there for five years and he's going to be off for in a couple of days he's a boston red Sox fan has a wife and a kid on earth and, you know, doing the job every day. And then something happens. There's not a clear, uh, it's something that's not, is, is, isn't synchronized. The one old guy who likes the Boston Red Sox, right, seems to still be alive and the new one's there. And so the new one finds the old one and they look exactly alike. And the old one takes them downstairs and there's thousands of them. 
And the, the guy was never in Boston, doesn't have a family. It's just a clone. Yeah. And because they realized the clone would work better if it had a story. So the story is it's getting off this five year employment career in three days. So it's doing the best it can every day. Yeah. So the problem is with this is when the clarity of your clone is presented to the clone. <laughs> yes. Yeah. See, but it wasn't. It's presented to the human programming. That's why it catches the message. So the human programming goes, I'm a clone? No, you've always been a clone. Yes, the human, yes. So this is what happens with the sense of self. The sense of self hears the message and goes, <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's funny. So yeah, if you want, watch that movie, Moon. It's pretty good. Yeah. All right, thanks. So we got Nina. Thank you, Nina. I, forget, I maybe didn't do a good job of explaining Moon, but I'll do it again sometime. We got Upstate Brittany. We got Al from Vegas. Oh, Susan Matlock. Very nice, Suzanne. Thank you. Good to see you, Paul. Yes, nice to hear from you, honey. Thank you, thank you, thank you for all you do. All right. You're welcome, man. Pleasure. Christine, Oliver from uh, Berlin, PK. Uh, Gail, always a pleasure, Gail. Yeah. Thank you. On the on the pink cloud, Gail, you can over you can never overdo your stay. Sounds good to me. Because <laughs> every day is new on the pink cloud. So yeah. you're never you're never returning because you've never left. Yes. There you go. Thank you. Everyone else, if I don't say hello or see you, I say goodbye. Thanks, Kurt. Everyone. Yeah, you're welcome, buddy. Nice yeah. to see you guys. Thanks, Thank Paul. You, Thanks, everyone. Thank you. Thanks, Kurt. You're welcome. Thanks. Thanks. Great job, Kurt. Great reading. Good deal. Yeah, that's a great read, huh? All right, you guys. Thank you so much. Thanks, Christy. Thanks, Kurt. How you doing, Mickey? Doing well, and you? I'm I'm doing great. I have a new schedule so I can sleep, but it, it doesn't work out with these meetings. Thank goodness there's always a, a hole in the donut, right? <laughs> always. Yep. All right. Well, great to hear your voice. Great to to have this voice. Yeah. Nice to be here, isn't it? It is. This is a wonderful exp experience. 